is Rock and Roll Grad School with your hosts, Heidi Hedquist and Luke Poling. They're losing their edge, but they were there. Hello, kitties. We are going to have a good time today. We are celebrating the start of a new year. We've got over 100 episodes of the show, which is unbelievable. It is unbelievable. We're just rolling right along. I know. Merrily. And we have, and we have a lovely conversation with Annie Duchamp. I can't believe it. Try it again. Annie Duchamp. I think it's Duchamp. Duchamp. Things I should have looked up before we started recording. I know. Should we look it up? Why stop now? Because she's our friend and we don't I want know. to okay. her name. Right. We really like her. Yes. Okay. So do um, that. Well, how am I going to know how to pronounce it? Do you put it into like that Google babblefish thing where it pronounces things for you? I don't know. I don't do that. I would try I that, but Deschamps. I feel like I think it's Deshanty. Because yeah. when I put it like stuff into Alexa, she's always playing me the live versions of songs. Right. And the other day she played me angst in my pants <laughs> by Sparks. That's amazing. So I, I don't know if you've been uh, reading the, the Bob Dylan book. Funnily, it is one of the things I just got for Christmas. Interesting. How far into it are you? I haven't gotten there yet because I should show you what I got for Christmas. Mind you, the only gifts I've gotten okay. are from Dave. Right. Well, I well, I can tell you what okay. I got. All I mean, right. obviously, I got tickets to Bono's last to Bono. show, right. which is unreal. Um, so we'll be in New York. So you'll have to come up one of those days. I'm busy yes, that day. we can go see. Nikki already said we could stay with them. But <laughs> all the stuff. And I mean, but we'll have to see Nikki and you can come. maybe we can go see Rob or maybe we can. I don't know. We'll figure all that out. But yes. I got um, Dylan's book. Mm-hmm. I got uh, Chandler's book, Matthew Perry's book. Okay, that's one way to call it. Yes. yes. <laughs> I got the George Michael biography that just came out. Oh, very nice. Which looks amazing. And I got the Andy Gibb biography that just came out. So it was a very happy holiday season for you. It really was. So guess which one I had to read first? George Michael. No. Andy Gibb. Yes. Close. Part of the uh, part of the reason that was the selection is because it was the shortest, but also because it's Andy Gibb. So I see. You know how I feel about Bob. I do. Uh, it's a good book. It's interesting. There are some really great fun facts I learned about the records. Yes. There's a lot of his sort of pontificating and rolling off of songs and going to all these different places, which is great. The fact that he includes Witchy Woman by the Eagles is not great i know how you feel about the eagles there's also a few words in this book that i wish i didn't have to hear bob say if i'm listening to the audiobook or read in print reading okay um i i don't need to hear bob use the c word is where i'm coming from no yeah, that's the one which just a bridge too far. It does, doesn't even feel natural for it to Where come I, out of I his literally mouth. out loud just said, Whoa, 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 what are we doing? Yeah. Here? I mean, other people, weirdly, it's not that problematic if right. it's the right person, but right. yeah, that's it's not, not the really, word, it's the, the person saying it. It's the saying person the word. saying it. Yes, I agree. Yeah. So look out for that. I, I'm prepared now, but otherwise, it's it's delightful. I'm very excited. To and, read and you it. saw the interview he did with the Wall Street Journal where he was saying what 
TV shows he doesn't like and what he watches. No. So he apparently is a huge fan of Coronation Street. Oh my God, my parents will be so happy. Who have invited him to make a cameo if he's interested. Are you kidding me? No. super pressing i mean other than we could talk about we gotta finally get like um a camper van so we can drive around and Ooh. um <laughs> like stay in it when we're traveling um and if i'm gigging it makes things a lot more fun and and super, yeah you know i would assume so yeah uh, is this yeah. something you said you just got it? So what are the perks? Give us the tour. What do well, you um, we can cook in it. We can go to Ooh. the bathroom in it. And I'm like, I sometimes took my truck. Like the first time I played in Alabama, I had my truck and I had a cot with everything underneath it. And I just kind of squeezed down into the truck. <laughs> but the worst part was that if I had to go to the bathroom in the night, I had to like get up and go, you know, um, yeah. and here we can cook a little bit. And it's got a pop-up so you and you can sleep up there and you can open windows and see the stars and hear, you know, go to a forest and camp basically for free. Um, so it's just easy. And yeah, that sounds a lot things. better than the back of a truck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you do what you gotta do. But, yeah. uh, um, and we did, and we stay with friends too, but sometimes, especially when you're on the road, like it's so good to have like friends to support you and stuff. But sometimes when you're going, 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 you just want to be alone, you know, like you want to not mm-hmm. have to do anything like in terms of social stuff. So that's a good part of it too. Um, yeah. And it's just fun. It's an adventure, right? Like mm-hmm. fun. I completely a- get that. The not wanting to kind of rely on the kindness of strangers as it were. And just go do your own thing and you don't have to make small talk. You, you know, you just do the gig and then go conk out somewhere in the forest. And it sounds lovely. Yeah, it is. And it just so happened. Like we've been thinking about what we wanted to do for a while. Like, how do we want to travel and see things? And I was sitting at the house one day and I saw this on RV Trader, this van that this family took on a trip during the pandemic. And Mm -hmm. They, it would, they kept it so nicely and it was way priced way lower than anything we'd seen. And um, I happened to be going for the first time to play in Minnesota and I was playing a house concert and I'm like, oh my God, it's an hour and 45 minutes away from the gig. So we could just drive up wow. and get it. Yeah, it all worked out. It was awesome. That's amazing. How was the first time Hi, driving Heidi. it? Hi, sorry. <laughs> It's like right. eavesdropping on the conversation. <laughs> I thought I heard somebody. I'm like, is that my voice echoing? Is somebody? Yeah. Um, no, it's me. It's her, yes. Heidi. Yes. <laughs> Everybody, be quiet. She's here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, what did you ask me? I went. Well, um, oh, what driving was the, the first time driving it. Well, I, Aaron. Yeah, I was like a little bit. Well, first of all, it's not a fifth wheel, which we knew we didn't want. Right. That's just embarrassment. And um, (laughs) also I was like, I'm not going to get out of the thing every day and have to like set it up. Yeah. Yeah. This is supposed to be like fun. So we knew we were like, I think a van is it. 
So Erin, my partner, she was the first to drive. She's like, yeah, I'm a little nervous about this A&E. And I was like, it's fine because <laughs> it wasn't me. <laughs> right. <laughs> but it's amazingly simple. Like the turning radius right. is great. And um, you, she would say, she said to me, she goes, it's like driving a bus. I'm like, um, like I never drove a bus. So, but you're right. Like on top, you can yes. see everything and it's mm. way simple. It is like really a lot like driving a car. except you just have to think about when you turn, like making a little wider because you got that back end, but it's not like, you know, driving one of those fifth wheels or a huge um, RV, you know, like yeah. you're not, you don't have to, you, we can park anywhere we want. Like if we want to go get something to eat on the road, we can pull right in. We, yeah. We can't go in a drive through <laughs> and I no. hope I never, never forget. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's really great. Yeah. You don't want to deal with road cones and that kind of nonsense. No, absolutely yeah. not. That vantage point though, that's so fun. It's just that little bit higher where you can just see everything on top of the world. It's very It's cool. true. It's true. And then when you're up in the pop-up, there are the three windows that are, two of them are screens. So we pulled up one night, we got there at night. So we crossed over a bridge, a one-way bridge, and we were in the pop-top and we were like, well, it's windy tonight. And it was kind of windy. But then at a certain point, Aaron said, you know what, Annie? She goes, that's not just wind. That's a river. We're by a river. And we woke up the next morning, like 20 yards away with this, like, whoosh, you know, that's amazing. So, yeah. So you could just pull, literally just pull up. And that's awesome. Every day's a surprise. Right. I'm in, I'm in Detroit. I'm outside okay. of Philly, but I have okay. a family in, in Columbus and in the, in the environment, surrounding environs. So I okay. will. Well aware well, of that that part well, of Ohio. Well, my parents Ohio. lived in Cleveland, so oh, Heidi, you dropped oh. something there. Here we go. <laughs> Where was it? My parents <laughs> lived in Westlake. Um, oh my gosh! Yeah, for many years, I and grew I grew up do... in Avon Lake. Yes, I know, very ah! close by. <laughs> and we had tons of family in the Cleveland area, like um, Lindhurst and things like that too. And we oh, used yeah. to always meet in Perrysburg at the Holodome. Was our oh, big family like you know get together go swimming all that good stuff but yes i know your hometown very well i love that area even you know the detroit ohio michigan ohio whatever but i <laughs> love the cleveland area it's awesome it's it is it's so nice and i was in like a publisher's office once and um we were she's like where are you from i'm like cleveland she's like cleveland she's like oh i got an invite to do like a festival like a music um not a festival um, conference. And she's like, and then I saw that it sounded really cool. Then I saw that it was in Cleveland. I'm like, um, she's like, what's in Cleveland? I was like, well, let's see <laughs> a great, a great lake. One of the best park systems in the country. Yeah. One of the best orchestras in the, yes. you know, always in the world actually. But I was oh. just like, people don't understand like no, how lovely an, it is. An amazing museum, art museum. Yeah. Uh, the rock and roll hall of fame. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just that. Nothing to do with music. No, yeah. I mean, yeah, you know, she was astounding. That's hilarious. Yeah, we I did not go back. No, I wouldn't either. We both of our towns get a little underrated, and we've got some really cool stuff. So it's kind yeah. of just to educate the world on our greatness. That's exactly <laughs> it. I should. We should wear capes. We should. I think we absolutely should. You're wearing one now, aren't you, Heidi? Come on. Always. <laughs> Every single day. 
So the one show, or you said you're doing two shows in December. One is with the yeah. full band. How often do you head out with them? Do you like that? Is that is that more of the treat, or is it more of the treat of just being able to play by yourself, get a guitar, and just go play? I would always prefer to have somebody with me. Like if I have to pick, it's like I would like duo, trio, or full band. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really like to carry it all myself. I can, but I like having you know, I like having a guitar solo in there, you know? Yeah. Um, and then as far as like the comparison of those three things, like so, duo, trio, band, it's all a matter of like where we are and how well, what the capacity is of that space to accommodate the sound, you know, like if it's mm. a great room for a band, then I love it, you know? But we recently, I had the trio here in Florida where I am right now. We did like, um, four nights in a row here we were at a house concert and I had the trio and it was great you know like I could hear everything I could sing you, there are some situations sound wise where you're able to sing at the peak of your talent because the sound is so good you can yeah. hear so well so t- for me I don't really like or dislike one of them more or less I like all of them uh, for different reasons but it's always sort of hinges on how well I can hear, you know, for in that venue. Um, But I mean, of course, a full band show is always around, you know, like, you know, it's great to have drums and really like flip out. Yeah. When I see you've done a ton of, like you said, house shows or living room shows, and I feel like this is something that even since the pandemic, I've seen more and more artists doing it in that way and being like, I'm just going to go where the fans are. I'm not going to go through the hassle of trying to book a venue or any of that. Like, I just want to go straight to where the people are and get to interact with them on that level. And, but you've been doing that longer pre-pandemic. Is that right? Yes, for sure. Yeah. It's um, first of all, with a house concert, you're already like going into a space where the people love music, right? Like the host is usually, they usually play, play an instrument And they're totally into music and they make it very clear to their audience. Like this is a listening time. Like we're not like going to be talking over our Caesar salad while this performer is there, you know, the the music is the focus. So for any performer, I think to have that is, is huge, you know? And then the second thing is usually for a house concert, they, you don't have to promote at all. They have their mailing list. So they have a group of people that show up, right? And they have a range. Like they'll say, I usually get from 25 to 50 people, right? And um, so the crowd has provided you. And while so many of us independent artists, we're doing everything, right? Like we're promoting. Yeah. I have Melissa. I just hired Melissa. But she set this up for me, which in the past would it would have been me or not at all. Um but so to have one less thing to do, and that's a major one, and one less thing to stress about, because um, yeah. you're always worried. Like if I get a guarantee, some artists get a guarantee from a club, and they're like, "Great, I'm done." I get a guarantee. I'm like, "Oh God, like <laughs> I gotta live up to it." I feel responsible. Right. But I think you know what happened. I think is that there's so many of us now. Like you can. It used to be like if you were gonna do this. You had to invest in a studio to do a recording in order to get a gig, right? Now people can do that at home. No matter how good or bad they are, they can do it. They can make a recording at home. Therefore, they can get a gig. Therefore, 
there are like a thousand of us vying for 50 spots at a club. So right. it's pure economics. Um, you know, the demand for us isn't that great. And, and sometimes I think like the attitude is like most, a lot of places I'll say they care about filling seats. So if I got up there and twiddled my thumb, if I filled seats, they don't care. A lot don't. Right. And I'm not saying all, but many don't. They well, let's don't. name they some of them. Bottom line. <laughs> yeah, but I want to. <laughs> I, I really want to. <laughs> but it's got to be great um, that no one's breaking up with their girlfriend in the back. No one's having too much to drink and falling over. Like, like you said, it's a listening environment when people are there. Also, I mean, the the viewpoint, the vantage uh, sight lines have got to be great. So they know that you can see them and, you know, they don't want to be completely rude, I'm assuming. I think so. And I again, I think the host just makes it abundantly clear. And um, the other part is like for a person like a, a performer like me, I write um, all the music and it's important to me, like I, when I labor over this word or that word, to mm-hmm. have somebody in the audience that actually hears the words and will comment, like I just did this one in Florida and this woman, I could, you can see that they're hearing every word. And so for an artist that like a singer songwriter, that's the ultimate thing is like, like that, what you've done, your work is important. That's in anything that anybody does, right? You want to feel like the time you put in to make it right or make it the best that you can is worth it, is being heard. And that's what can happen there. Now, you can find clubs that are just as good, like they're focused on the music. They're not putting up with any shenanigans, like no, the breakups in the back need to go outside. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh but in a lot of time, you know, a lot of cases, like I decided like probably six years ago, Aaron and I decided no more of that. Like I'm not playing next to a golf machine anymore. <laughs> I'm not, you know, yes. I, and that's, that's a choice you have to make, but you have to stick with it. And mm. it's tempting because sometimes, mm. you know, you know, like, oh, this is going to be lucrative, but I'm just like, mm, I've done it long enough that I want to have a good night every night as much as I can, mm. you know? For sure. Well, and, That's a and, good and as with most singers, singer songwriters, of course, there's a message in what you're saying, but so much of what you you've done is not just a, a personal story, but they're larger societal issues that you're conquering and tackling and raising awareness of in a really beautiful way. So it's hard if you've got, you know, people going for a hole in one next to you, it kind of <laughs> you know, <laughs> kind of screws that message up a bit. So, yeah, it's for sure. And, and it's a hard thing to do, like, as writers, yeah, that it's our stuff, you know, it's like setting, you know, a, say you cooked something, I think a lot of people could relate to that you cooked a meal, you took the time, you know, to make it just right. And you set it down in front of someone and they sort of don't even see it and accidentally push it aside. You know, right. <laughs> like, right. It's sort mm-hmm. of like that. Um, right. and, and also my shows are not like, it's a whole thing. Like I'm taking you on this like sort of roller coaster, right? It's all planned that way. You know, I'm moving from the mic and we're going over to this, you know, condenser mic, this old fashioned mic, which is his own ecosystem. And we're sitting down and, and I'm 
and that's the difference too. There's no way for me to pull it off like you would a play if people aren't listening. They have to be willing to let me drive, you know, and that can happen in a setting that's not conducive to that. Yeah. Have you regretted making that choice? No. (laughs) It's much better playing for people who who give a damn is what you're saying. What? Yeah. Yeah. It's way better, and but the difference is, is that, well, the I don't have to to do this. Like I, I've made my living. I don't, I don't. I used to have to play five or six nights a week in order to make it. And in Cleveland, you can do that. It's mm-hmm. awesome that way. You know, you know that, right, Heidi? Yeah. Like it's West Side, East Side. You know. Yep. But um, so I could do that, and I also had a job as like I led at a, the aid in like United Church of Christ. I led their modern, uh worship service right so but now I don't I don't have to do that so I don't want to like um be misleading to anybody by saying oh yeah just like play rooms where everybody's listening all the time (laughs) because if you got to do it for your living boy you got to do it when you got to do it Um, but I will say those house concerts I have um two friends who do house concerts almost exclusively and they kick ass like monetarily they're they're killing it you know and as an artist too, and as a writer, it's got to be great to know the, that you don't, or do you, do you feel like you don't have that pressure of like, I can write what I want to write. I can talk about the things I want to talk about and don't feel that, you know, if this record tanks, if this thing doesn't move, you know what I mean? Like, do you feel like you kind of have the leash off in that way as well? Well, it, if I'm writing for an album for myself, I trust myself to write something that's universal and that people are going to gravitate toward. That I know how to do. If I'm writing for the market, which I'm, that's really my focus now is I just, I want to cut. I want, so I have a publisher in Nashville right now that has, I think six or seven of my songs, a great publisher who's pitching my music. That's why I moved to Nashville. It was to Mm -hmm. write for the market. So in that, Luke, that's, um, that is, I still have pressure. Like, yeah. I'm like, oh, I got to know what's going on in the market enough that I write something current, but not so much that I write what I can't stand about the market. Right. You know, I, I'm yeah. not ever going to write about, you know, sitting around a bonfire, getting loaded, and then like, you know, calling you know, women's like tiny little hands and tiny little feet and <laughs> how they talk, right? Like that. Right. <laughs> and that was a trick, man, because I tried. Like when I first moved to Nashville, I'm like, I can like, I know how to do this to write what they like. Well, unless you are that, you can't. And and I really had to like come full circle, like figure out what it was that I brought to the table and then what I needed to do. You know, like I have a song called Girls in Airplanes that's being shopped and it's Oh, if anything's going to happen, it's going to probably be with that song. But I, you know, they had, I took me a year to rewrite that. So that's a lot of pressure. Like I went there with it and it's always a lot of pressure to be like, okay, this has to be like no longer than 30 minutes, three minutes and 30 seconds. Right. And I kind of think that way anyway, like on a record, I, I kind of try to keep it short and sweet because not because it's a rule, but because it works. Mm-hmm. yeah you know there's a reason for a lot of the rules that are good reason yeah um so it has to be universal always I think um and I have to make people feel that 
I have to, otherwise why do it at all? And it has to be, it's not about me. It is not about me. That's why it has to be universal. So those are rules that cover all writing for me, like whether it's for just like a, a record that I'm making or if it's for the market, it has to be those things. It has to make you feel, it has to make you, it has to be universal. Everybody has to be, people have to be able to rate, relate to it. Enough of many people have to be able to relate. Mm. But then it comes down to, is this a modern melody? Is this voice young enough on your demo? You know, like I'm great at singing demos, but you know, I'm not 22. And those, some of those people listening want to hear 22, you know, so, so, so the pressure is on. I know. Is it, sometimes I, I think, oh, what a bunch of bullshit, you know, like if, if the voice conveys what you need it to, then it, it doesn't matter. And, and I've had people tell me in Nashville, people, you know, who are in the industry, like you should always sing it, Annie, you should always sing it because your voice is different and they're listening to the same voice every day, you know, mm -hmm. they want something. So that was a long answer to your question, but I'm on the leash when I'm writing for the market, but I'm right. on a leash that's got some length to it. So the characters in your songs can have normal sized extremities and hat sizes. <laughs> <that kind of. laughs> they, they do. They don't always have to be drunk and then go mm -hmm. to church the next day to make up for it. Amazing. Um, yeah, it is. Where is this um, magical world? Yeah, come on, girl, get it on in here. I mean, yeah, I don't like, and I do have like things on my YouTube channel where I discuss lyrics that guys in country are doing, and I'm like, knock it off, Luke Combs, yeah. you're better than this. <laughs> we go through the whole lyric. Mm -hmm. um, awesome. So I just will not. Like, I I am adamant about that. I mean, if, we, if we're artists and we're here to like add something to the world, then I'm not going to add more bad things especially to women in country music the women are getting good i think a lot of the women are starting to come forward with some better stuff you know mm -hmm. but the that. guys like they they like throw you a bone once in a while but then they're right back to the you know so yeah. i don't like i am sitting um, on their tractor and, it's just yeah it, they, they yeah they tell you in a workshop like you got to write something new i'm like do we because I'm hearing the same thing over and over. Right. Um, it's not taking anything, though. The, the, even though you might not agree with the message, there is skill there. Like, they, they're they highly skilled, you know. Like, But I just don't think there's – I don't want to hear the same old crap. I want to be enlightened when I listen to this. Well, that's why I think it's even more frustrating because there is so much skill and talent there right? There's so yes. much skill and talent and brilliance. So it's like, you need to just extend that brilliance a little bit further, <laughs> add it to the message, you know, it just. Well, but also having a voice that sounds like it's seen something. I mean, right. maybe it's my Bob Dylan obsession coming through because that guy, he's, <laughs> he sounds like he's seen it all. A twice. couple things, a few um, times. Yeah. But like, you want someone who sounds like they know what they're talking about. And if it's, if it's pain or anything difficult, like, you know, they've actually felt those things. And this is not projecting onto, oh, this must be what it feel like to have, have this happen. No, I've, I've been there. I felt that. And you exactly. can't fake that singing. I feel like too. I think that that's yeah. true. I think it comes through when you are in the song for sure. And that's what people can't, they don't know, like, what is the magic about this person but they know it's there right mm -hmm. like they they know it's there 
and they might not quite, the listener might not quite be sure why, what's the difference between very good and excellent? And mm -hmm. it, 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 one of the things is that, I think that Luke, that you're right on. But the other part of it is who's buying records? So again, back down to economics, right. it's, it's mostly women mm -hmm. and it's um, younger women. And they don't want to talk like when I was 23, I was like, uh, where's, where's the love story? Where's the breakup? Where's the sex? Where's the, you know, that's, mm -hmm. I mean, we just have to face it. That's what uh, uh, most of the greater population of that age is interested in and they should be that's their life right now mm -hmm. i get it but that's not what i do and i didn't do it when i was 23 either not really yeah. i mean yeah. not really so yeah and dylan you know it's funny to me there's so much of him that i listen to and i'm like i do not know what's going on and i know i don't mm -hmm. know because he's yeah. so high oh, above yeah. us all intellectually like <laughs> the things he knows so it cracks me up when people are like yeah I like dylan i'm like do well why do you because <laughs> In some of it, you can listen to and you're like, you totally get it, right? And you know, of course, he's been there. But some of it intellectually, I'm like, I do not know that much about Greek mythology. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, you know, translations of, of samurai stories and it, how you make that a record. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, he's crazy. I mean, there's a class at Harvard called Why Bob Dylan Matters. I'm like, well, if there's a class in a book. I probably should read it. <laughs> yeah. take it. There's a couple books about that guy. Yeah, yeah one or two. Oh, man. <laughs> couple recent books about that guy. Are there? <laughs> I haven't seen. Do you know who I love, though, and I think that doesn't get as much attention as she could, is Mary Chapin Carpenter. Oh, God. That yeah. woman. Amazing. I just, yeah, I, I am sometimes just astounded. And, and Joni Mitchell, of course, but like, you can say those things, but when you really start to like, look at what they said mm -hmm. and when they said it and like, so Joni Mitchell, I think she wrote both sides now when she was like 21 or, and I don't know if it was just more ripe at, at that time. Like it was at like sixties or seventies. Like mm -hmm. I think people, the music was different then, you know, it wasn't so um, what we were talking about earlier. Yeah. But okay. I mean, there's that story that I love that supposedly Dolly Parton wrote Jolene and I will always love you on the same day. I don't know if that's true. If it isn't, I don't want to know that. I know. <laughs> you know, well, I think, I think the important thing is I is, you know, it's possible, right? Like, mm, she yeah, could, she could do it, right? She could totally if anyone could. It. Yeah. If you're in the zone, man, if you can capitalize when you're in the zone, you should, you know, like, some songs come fast and sometimes it's more than one. And boy, when that, when you have a day like that, <laughs> stay with it. Like, don't put down your guitar. <laughs> yeah, don't go anywhere. Yeah. Don't go to the bathroom. Yeah. Do not have it. Right. Do That's nothing. why you need the van. You got to make sure. Yeah. The yes. right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I didn't ever heard that, but it, I'm sure we can find out, but I won't tell you if it's not true. Yeah, I, know, I, just... I actually think I do know the answer and I'm not going to tell you either way, just because I would like you to be tormented. I know. I just, it's, just, it's such a really fun trivia, idea. fun fact too. It is a good trivia, fun fact. Holy crap. I just heard that in a park yesterday, they were playing Jolene over the loudspeaker. You don't always hear that song. Not, and that. not in yeah. the park. It's not really yeah. park. park tunes at all it's a <laughs> yeah give me coat yeah. of many colors in a park oh, oh there it is that's you probably know? more park like yeah and what Ooh. about like also loretta lynn oh 
they just passed like the very see that's what that's the aspect of like country when I went to Nashville that I always loved it was so I like plain spoken poignant so Mm -hmm. like one of my favorite lines ever is in Paul Miner's daughter and she says the work we done was hard at night we'd sleep because we were tired like I mean you wouldn't you like you would look at that as a, like a beginning writer and go big, like I could write that, but, but she did. Right. I don't know, like that kind of stuff, you know, don't take my man just because you can. I mean, it's so plain spoken, but so poignant. Yeah. The genius mm-hmm. is in the simplicity. Right? It, that's it. That is it. I've been listening to a lot of Bobby Gentry recently. Again, <gasps> you want to talk simplicity of like, so perfect. And we were so, just talking about her yesterday. Oh, she's she's amazing. I just I because I read something Margot Price saying how much she loves all of her work, and there's some new collection of all of it on vinyl. Where I'm just like, I need really? to dig up some of these records again because that stuff do, too that yeah. that hangs around for a while after you play one and of that's, those. Yeah, like her stuff that she wrote, like their anthems. You know, it's funny we were talking about her because I just went and saw Reba McIntyre for the first time. Oh in tampa my friend was crazy about it and um she's like she's gonna be here you have to and i was like okay we'll go because she was on vacation and i and i thought i want to see her anyway but of course she sang fancy and gentry Mm -hmm. wrote that yeah um but it is it's so like you hear it at first and i'm like like i said like you think oh that's easy to write but it's the choice of certain words like it's Mm -hmm. that thing that i said that you want people to hear because you labor over it and that woman labored over it. I might have been born poor white trash, but fancy is my name. Like, how? What a way to say something, right? Right. right. Um, and that's the way someone would talk about it too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm so glad you reminded me about her because I need to get her music and really like get on it, like listening yeah, yeah. to it. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So you said you, when we started off, you said you were, you got to write a new record. Do you, it sounds like you're not the kind of person who takes notes and you just sort of let all the stuff accumulate and then kind of turn on the spout and see what comes out when you need to, or are you writing things down in scraps of paper throughout? Yeah, I send myself texts all the time. (laughs) They're the friendliest texts I get. (laughs) <laughs> you sign them all like again. xoxo right. <laughs> i should do that that would help me <laughs> um but yeah i definitely do that i write things down i send i just say title like in every and then i know to put it in a certain folder so when i get ready to write so i'm not the kind of person that like writes all the time but I am the kind of person that's perceiving things all the time and saying oh I think that's an important thing like I love what that person just said I'm gonna send that to myself so I have it um but I gotta write a new record and you know what I cannot I can't uh be like performing I can't be worried about promoting winter is a great time for me in Canada where we now have a home we live um it's quiet. There's nobody around. And I, I like to be alone. Like I need time. I got to go see movies. I have to read. I got to have stillness, quiet, and then I can do it. But I cannot do it like 
how some people do it. Like, oh, I write every day. I'm like, ew. Like, <laughs> I, I know I, and they say you should, but I feel like I am because my brain's always going, you know, and I just, everybody has a different way to do it, you know, and God bless Tom Douglas, who wrote the, co-wrote the house that built me, you know, and he wrote Little Rock and um, God's Will, but he, I was in a workshop with him once and somebody asked him like, how much do you write? And he's like, I write about 10 songs a year. And I was like, hallelujah, <laughs> hallelujah. <laughs> because he's such a great writer. So it's, you know, and I heard Billy Joel say in an interview, he, he said, they're like, do you like writing? And you know, when you're in Nashville, he's like, oh, I love to write. And I'm like, oh, like it's painful and it's hard. <laughs> it's like saying you like to dig a ditch to me. Um, <laughs> but uh, he said, he said, I like having written. And yes. that's, yeah. That's I mean. So true. Even in yeah, writing yeah. other things, that is so true. Writing yeah. sucks, but having written <laughs> is amazing. It's the best feeling. <laughs> it is the. I'm so glad you said that because it is the best feeling. Like I'm never more excited, except maybe when I have a fish on the line, than when I finish a song and I can't wait. I can't wait even just to sing it myself. But it's hard getting there, and you got to be committed to do it. But you also have to know how you best do it. Like, it doesn't have to be the way everybody else does it. I think I write a bunch of crap when I'm I'm remembering about the warning, the parental warning. But I think that, and everybody does, everybody writes vapid stuff in in order to get to the good stuff. But I'm not that patient. And I just feel like I don't want to do it every day. I really just, I don't. So maybe I'm lazy, but, or maybe I'm really smart about the way I need to write. Smart. It's one of the two. So <laughs> I think, you're but smart. we'll see. You Thank can't force you. it. You can't force it, but you really do need to sit down. And sometimes when I do make myself, I'm like, oh yeah. So you do, I mean, there comes a time, right? Right. But you just can't like, I know I have friends that they're like, I wrote every day this week. I had a co-write and I, and I just, I don't, for me, that would dilute everything, you know, mm. it just would dilute it all. And, and, but it, like I said, everybody has their method and you just right. got to know yours. Right. So yeah, I got to write a record more than I have to write a record. I see anything that I would pitch to the market. I put on a record. They, they're yeah. not mutually exclusive. So mm-hmm. I don't, I, so if I'm getting one, I'm getting the other, yeah. you know? Um, so I'm going to be writing for the market because my, my goal in life right now is to get a cut. I don't care. I really don't care much about anything else. I don't mean like people in the world, but um, in terms of my career, that's what I want. And that's what I'm going to get. Yeah. Excellent. But, Did um, I sound like a brat? Not at <laughs> all. No, no. Not at all. <laughs>
information on Annie to get her record, to find out when she's playing near you, you can check out her website, AnnieDeChant.com. You can check us out on all the various socials. Be sure to visit our website at rockandrollgradschool.com. And don't forget to leave us a review. Today's show is produced by myself and Heidi Hegquist. Our reluctant producers are John Sauvé and Sandy Stone. Our willing producers are Rachel Allen and Randy Jeanette. Our intern is Zach Jackson. This one's for Philippe. Thank you, good night, and may all your favorite bands stay together. Stay together.